everything we've ever known and everything that we've ever practiced and how we've lived became different all in one year. Well, I'm not okay with that continuing. And, and I'm not talking about just lockdowns and stuff that's going on there. I see a, a time where people, even Christians, have found themselves bound. Uh, a year of, of the devil getting a hold of people and binding their hearts and binding their lives. And I don't want that for 2021. And it seems like the world cycles, because I found it interesting, I found a headline from December of 1920, and the headline of it was, oh, cheer up, maybe 1921 will start more happily. So apparently, 1920 was pretty much the same as 2020. <laughs> I don't know. But one thing I know is the God of January 2020 is the same God of January 2021. And I believe that our God wants us to be free. He wants us to live as people that are free in Christ, not bound, not in heaviness, not in fear, not in, not in turmoil all the time, but a people that know what it is to live in victory and live in joy and contentment. No matter what the world is doing out there. And I know I've been dealing with this subject quite a bit lately, but, and I, the Lord just keeps bringing me back to this. I want you to go to Galatians chapter 5, if you would. It says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made you free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Behold, I, Paul, say unto you that if ye be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. For I testify again to every man that is circumcised that he is a debtor to do the whole law. Christ has become of no effect unto you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law are fallen from grace. That's a powerful statement right there. Whosoever of you are justified by the law, ye are fallen from grace. For we, through the Spirit, wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. For in, Christ, in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. And Lord, I just ask that you'll give me something to tell your people today, something that won't just leave in the next hour, but God, that they'll carry with them throughout the week, that it'll minister to them and speak to them, Lord, under your unction and your Holy Spirit. And I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 This is the context of what was going on. You know, it was the early church. They had lived under the Levitical law for a long time, they, their whole lives. That's all they've ever known. All of a sudden, there was Jesus Christ and a whole other doctrine, a whole other um, covenant. It was a, a covenant based on freedom based on uh, the love of, of uh, in relationship rather than a letter of the law thing. It became about um, uh, a walk with the Lord and walking in the Spirit more than it was uh, doing a bunch of do's and don'ts. And so all of a sudden they came and they were told that they're saved by faith. This is a faith thing. You're saved by faith. And they threw off the shackles of the law. 
And I'm not, you know me well enough, I'm not denouncing the law. The law is valid, it is very important, and it is a schoolmaster to us, but we don't live under the law. The law is there to train us and to teach us and to help us better understand, but it is not, we don't live under that covenant. We live under the new covenant of grace. And so they were living that, but then all of a sudden, they weren't comfortable in that. They started finding themselves going back into the law. They started embracing those things that they had been delivered from. And all of a sudden, they were, there apparently was some people teaching that they needed to be circumcised in order to be saved. There has been more things in my lifetime that I've heard that you have to do to get saved. <laughs> I've heard you have to be baptized, you have to speak in tongues, you have, to, uh, you have to do covenants, and you have to do ordinances, you have to do sacraments, and all this different stuff. You know what it takes for you to be saved? Faith. Any time you take it from faith to works, you have, according to what we just read, fallen from grace. You have lost your relationship with Jesus Christ because we don't go to heaven because we worked hard enough or we lived good enough. And, and, and I often refer to that, I'll say it again, those of us that grew up in the church and during the, the holiness movement, it became about doing it all right. You had to do everything right. And I don't denounce the holiness movement because I think uh, the flip side of that is nowadays so many churches have no standards at all and people have no standards at all because we're under grace we don't have to, to to follow any rule now we can do whatever we want to so at least the holiness movement had a standard of some kind uh, but the problem was that it became all about how you dressed how you appeared uh, you know, the, the length of your hair, whether you wore makeup, or whether women wore dresses or pants or whatever it may be. And that became the whole crux of, of whether you were a Christian or not, based on what you were doing or what you weren't doing. And God help you if you went to the movie house. <laughs> if you went to a motion picture show, I think they used to call them, you were in trouble. And don't drink a Coca-Cola. You cannot chew gum. There was all kinds of those rules. You couldn't chew gum, you couldn't drink Coca-Cola, you couldn't go to the movies, you couldn't, do, you, know, you couldn't go to a dance, God help you if you danced. You, you couldn't even get happy and jiggy in your own house. You were in trouble. Any kind of dance, you were going to hell right then. It was, you were done. And that was the movement that was so popular, especially in the 80s. And so uh, Paul's trying to tell him here, when you get back into that law, when it becomes about what you do and don't do, you have lost Christ. Because Christ took the weight of the law off of your shoulders so you don't have to live that anymore. But we as people struggle with that. We almost want to be in bondage. Have you ever noticed that about people? They like to be in bondage. They, we, we, I guess we feel more secure in bondage, it seems. And sometimes I don't think people can really understand what freedom is versus what bondage is. First Peter chapter 2 and verse 20 says... For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome, the latter end is worse for them than the beginning. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. But it has happened unto them according to the true proverb, the dog has turned to his own vomit again, the sow that is washed to her wallowing in the mire. So this is what you have. On one side, you have the Galatian church who were, hello, was that God? 
<laughs> you have the Galatian church that were born again. They were saved and then went right back into the religious law. On the other side, Peter is talking about people who are born again, got their life, got, got, got in a relationship with God, and then went back into the world again. Do you realize both are the same thing? Whether you go into a religious bondage or whether you go into a carnal bondage, it's the same thing. It's a bondage. Let me put it this way, and I've used this type of illustration before. My wife and I have been married 100 years or so. Uh, 37, sorry. Uh, <laughs> when you have a relationship with somebody, your life uh, changes. And there's things that you do or you don't do because of the fact that you love that person, right? Now, we'll tease back and forth, and, and when you do the same thing with your kids, I, I can't tell you how many times I sat and watched A Walk to Remember, uh, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. <laughs> uh, what was some more of those that I got? <laughs> Princess Diaries, Miss Congeniality. All these things that I watched, God knows how many times. You think I was interested in those shows? And that was before Facebook. There was nothing to occupy my time. I was stuck watching that show. You know why I did it? Because I love my little girl and I wanted to spend time with her. It was worth it to me. Do you think that I like watching The Voice? Or The Masked Singer? I do not care. You know why I watch it? Because my wife wants to watch it, and I love her. You get what I'm trying to say here? If we look at it and say, oh, I have to do this. It is, I am bound, I got to do this, and I, my wife has these rules that I've got to follow. I hope you don't have rules like that. But we live the way we do because we love the person we're married to. We don't do what hurts them, and we do what they enjoy, what they like. And even if it's not something that we particularly like or enjoy ourselves. Why? Because we love them. Bring in God. If we're living by this code that God says, I can't do this and I can't do that. I can't do this. God says no to that. You missed it. That's not what Christianity is. But if you're not doing those things because you love God and you want to please Him, the, the result is the same, right? Either way, you're not doing it. But the reason you're not doing it is, is where the power is there. We obey God not because God throws a bunch of laws at us. That's the law. We obey God because we love Jesus Christ with all of our heart, all of our soul, and all of our mind. And I don't want to do what displeases my God. Did I get that across okay? <laughs> See, when the heart is wrong, freedom becomes bondage, and bondage becomes freedom. Let me, let me bring that point. I work down there at the casino area, you know that. I work at the tribe, and, and uh, every day I watch a, a stream of people walk into that casino. And some people go in there, and they have 20 bucks to spend, and they lose their 20 bucks, and they go home, whatever. But you know what a lot of people do? They go in there and lose everything they have. They go in there and they get wiped out. You wouldn't I get an email every time the Northern Quest or the Kalispell Casino 
bar somebody, you wouldn't believe how many people every day bar themselves from the casino. Why do they do that? Because they're so bound, they know they can't handle it. They have to have a rule that says you can't come in here because they lose it all. It's a bondage in their life. It holds them. Those people walk in there and they, I'm sure when that casino went in there, people like, whoo, I got a casino. Whoo, I'm free to go gamble. You're not free to go gamble. You're bound to go gamble. You get what I'm saying? They think it's freedom, but it's not. It's a bondage. We watched a show, you know, I like all the old cop shows and detectives, forensic files and all that kind of stuff. I, I'm, I just believe blue, you know, I do. Um, and we watched a show about the Christopher Watts story. Anybody see that one? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Wow. Let me, let me play out here. They show this house, and it's a magnificent three-story house. This thing is so nice. By my standards, I could, I'd call that a close to a mansion. It's gorgeous. Absolutely beautiful house. This man has two beautiful little girls, one four and one three. He's got a baby on the way. He's got a beautiful wife that makes all these videos about how much she loves him, and he is the greatest thing that ever happened. And then he killed them all. Why did he do that? Because he felt bound by being married and having these kids. You know what he did? He gave it up for another girl. So he has a beautiful house, a wonderful high-paying job, beautiful little girls, a boy on the way, and a gorgeous wife, and he thinks he's bound. Can you see the insanity in that? I won't even tell you how he killed them because that is just out of this world. But he thought he was bound in that, and he thought that the other girl was going to give him freedom. I'm free to live the way I want to now. I don't have that ball and chain on me anymore. I don't have the kids. I don't have any of that stuff. I got me a girl. How'd that work out for him? He's doing about four life sentences in prison. He's bound. See, they, he thought he was bound when he was actually free. And then when he was actually free or actually bound he thought he was free that's what it does here's the difference between it bondage kills freedom gives life if you go back into the law you kill your spiritual man when you go into that casino and spend everything you have you kill your you kill your yourself your 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 own life dies when you throw yourself into a bottle you die your 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 person dies when you get into drugs and you get bound by that, you die. Freedom is when God sets you free, you don't, get, you don't live that way anymore, and freedom brings life into you. You say, well, I don't have to go spend all my money in a casino anymore because I'm free. I don't have to guzzle a bottle anymore because I'm free. I don't have to take a pill. I don't have to inject something in my veins. I don't have to do anything because, praise God, by the hand of Almighty God and by the Spirit of, of the Lord, I am free. That's what freedom is. And the world thinks that's bondage. You talk to them and they're like, oh man, I'd come a Christian, you can't do anything. <laughs> man, I, who wants to do that? I, I, all that stuff I would miss. Because there's not that relationship in Jesus Christ. 
I tell you what, anybody who has ever been bound in alcohol, drugs, whatever it may be, that day that Jesus Christ set you free, it's like being born again because you genuinely are born again. Hallelujah. You are a new man and you are set free. Hallelujah. What better way to live than that? You don't have to live that way anymore. So how does bondage come in? If you talk to any man, he'll tell you, nobody's going to mess with my family. I tell you that. I, I feel that way. I'm old school. I think if you're going to come after my family, you're going to have to come through them, this old bald fat guy first. <laughs> There's going to be a fight because you're not going to get to my family. Any man will tell you that. But yet, how many of those same men are divorced? How many of them don't have a relationship with their children anymore? It wasn't, it wasn't the bad boogeyman with a gun or a knife that puts their family in danger. It was something inside the own, their own home that put their family in danger. Many times it was their own behavior that put their life in danger. It's not that outside boogeyman that is the biggest threat to our families. It is our own behavior that is the biggest threat to our family. And basically the fact is they, they, they didn't fight. They don't fight for their family and that freedom in their family. I, uh, my wife and I have often talked about, and we, we have our own rules where we feel like we put a protection around our marriage. I won't go into a home. Well, I do if I'm at work because I have to, but usually I have backup there, but I don't go into a home where there's a female without anybody else there. I don't do that. I don't give women rides. I don't do that. We don't, they don't come to our house. You know, unless my wife is there, we don't do that. Because there's a protection. Why? Because I want to protect the freedom that I have in my marriage. I want to protect that blessing that God gave me in that marriage. So I'm not going to do anything that allows there to be a, a danger there. Amen. What is it that destroys it? It's that girl that you meet on the internet that just has all the right words. That lady at work that understands me so much better than my husband understands me. That guy that tells me all those things that, that I don't ever hear at home. It's, all, it's those little things that get in there and start to break down your barriers, and break down your walls, your protections, and they get into you. I remember one time many years ago, I think I was, I was at a convenience store and I think I was playing Pac-Man, so it was a long, long time ago. And I, Deb happened to be off in North Carolina at the time. We were in Colorado living, and I'm playing Pac-Man, and the clerk gal asked me, she said, she said, I get off at 10 o'clock. You want to stop by? Uh, no. no. So I'm playing Pac-Man, and all of a sudden I feel these arms go around me. I was like, whoa, out the door. I, I felt like Joseph when Potiphar's wife grabbed his clothes. He, he just left his clothes there and ran out of that place. Folks, <laughs> the devil knew my wife was gone and popped up this attractive gal in just a situation. And thank God we had standards in our marriage where we said, you're not going to be able to do that. And I hit the door running. Amen. Didn't ever want to go back in there when she was there. You protect that freedom that God gave you in this beautiful thing called family. You've got to protect it. Do you think freedom... Comes without a fight? Is America free today because we didn't fight? We're free today because we did fight. 
Christians have to fight for the freedom that they have because we have this thing called the adversary, the devil who tries very hard to take your freedom from you. He wants to put you back into that bottle. He wants you to stick another needle in your arm. He wants you to go sit in a casino and lose everything you got. He wants you to go find that other girl or that other guy. He wants you to do all those things. But God has set you free and you have to fight for that freedom because believe me, The perfect girl will show up one day or the perfect guy or whatever it is. Whatever tantalizes you, whether it's money, whether it's uh, a a, a girl or guy, whatever, they will show up. Those temptations will be there. And if you don't fight for your freedom, you will fall into it. And then we have this devilish thing called the Internet and social media. Oh, I believe the devil invented that himself. And then somebody will sit on their phone and they'll, who are you texting? Oh, it's nothing. It's nobody. I was, I was thinking of an old, old country song, Crystal Gale. You're nobody called tonight. <laughs> she hung up when I asked her name. <laughs> I'm telling you. And now you can just sit while your wife is watching TV and get on the phone and talk to somebody without her ever knowing, or your husband is watching TV and you can get on the phone. It's that easy. And you have to have guards. You have to have protections. There's freedom in Christ. God sets us free and he tells us, fight for that freedom. How did he say that in Galatians? Stand fast. Stand fast in the liberty. Stand fast in the freedom wherewith Christ has set you free. Don't let it slip. There's a a bit of confrontation in that phrasing there. This is something that you stand. You don't, I'm not moving. I'm not moving. I am free and I'm not letting this freedom go. I will not let it down. I will not allow the devil to take it away. I am going to be free in Christ. And as we live today, we have our country taking more, of, more and more of our freedoms all the time, it seems. But you know what? They can't take your freedom in Christ. And most of us don't care what they say anyway. We just do it. You know, you can't go, you can't sit down and eat. Well, I'll go over to Idaho then. I'm going to sit down and eat. Cheaper over there anyway. <laughs> well, you got to wear a mask wherever you go. Yeah, yeah not Idaho. I was in a restaurant in Idaho yesterday and this lady was in there and I was in there with some friends of mine and she's looking at us and she's looking at the lady behind the counter and she's got a mask on and she said, don't you people have to wear masks around here? She said, we're in Idaho. (laughs) About the only time I put it on is when I go into one of my places at work, like the casino or something where I have to. Put it on for a minute and then take it off. But, you know, they try to take our freedoms from us. And even if the world takes your physical freedoms, does not mean that the world can take your freedom in Christ. You are still just as free no matter what the world does. They can put your body in prison and you are still free in Jesus Christ. We are free in Almighty God. This freedom comes not by the will of man, but by the will of Almighty God. Jesus Christ set you free. What did He set you free from? The bondages of sin and death. According to Romans chapter 8. That that power of sin and death. And 
The enemy will try to take that freedom, but God has granted that freedom and that freedom can't be taken away by a law, by a governor, by a president, or by anyone else. It is freedom that is in Almighty God. We have that freedom. As I said earlier, I want us to pray for our country today because the president asks us to, kind of. The Bible Commands us to? Absolutely. That's why we do it every week. But I want us to do extra today because the president did ask us to do that. We are in, this is going to be a very critical week in our country. Very, very critical week. Um, I think a lot of things have happened that are uh, beyond what I imagined. I, I just think that the deep state is deeper than I ever dreamed it was. And we have to, the only way to defeat it is if we pray. We got to pray. I believe that, that our country was founded on prayer. I believe our f- country was, was protected and shielded and, and covered in its whole existence by prayer. And I believe that God has um, shown his mercy and his grace on our country many times down through her history because her people prayed. We're going to pray again. We're going to pray for our nation. 